You're listening to The Kin Show, episode number 10. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. Thanks for tuning in to The Kin Podcast, where we celebrate our kindred spirits, a place where we explore the intersection of parenting and spirituality, the true human experience, and the intricacies of faith. And today's episode is all about boundaries, which means they're all about relationships. And I've never met a single person in my entire 32 years of life that doesn't have some kind of relationship problems on some level. And I don't just mean with like a romantic partner. I mean with your mom, somebody you ran into at the supermarket, your kids, friends, a colleague, a boss, any kind of person. Everyone's got some kind of issue with people. Because hey, we're human. Bring two humans together, it can get kind of difficult. And because everybody has some kind of relationship issue with someone or many people in their lives, that means this episode is for you. So today we're going to talk about boundaries, which are little things that can help you in your relationships in the short term, but also, and more importantly, in the long run. So what do you say? Let's do this. Now, first of all, I cannot believe this is the 10th episode of Kin already, which means it's been 10 weeks of this project of mine, allowing myself to go on the interwebs to dig up the intersection of parenting and spirituality, which are two very loaded topics. I'm going to start this episode by sharing with you my current status. You know, let's have a hashtag authentic moment here. I've been waiting to record this episode for like a week And that's why it's a little late. Usually don't publish on Fridays because I've been really, really sick, you know, and I sounded very, very close to Darth Vader for a couple of days there. I mean, people would call me and go like, what is wrong with you? I don't know. Um, I voice noted a friend of mine today and was like, how do I sound? Can I record? And she was like, you're good to go. So if I sound a little different, that's why, but I'm pretty sure I'm like 95 to maybe 99% back to what I usually sound like. And that's enough. Got to get this going, right? I'm excited to get this episode out to you. And, you know, I'm feeling much better. Wearing my overalls, got my favorite shoes on, and I'm ready to do this. You know, there's something about feeling sick that just kind of turns the mind off a little bit. And I'm feeling kind of vibrant again and creative and excited. So, I'm excited to share this episode with you because I'm actually weirdly passionate about boundaries. And I've been passionate about boundaries since before I even knew they existed or what they were. I've been doing them for a long time without knowing, and I want to share that with you. So when I first started going to therapy, because in the last episode, episode number nine, I told you about my experience with post-weaning depression, and that was the first time that I ever went to therapy. And I still go. My, my therapist just downgraded me to going every two weeks. I was really enjoying the weekly session with her, <laughs> but I follow directions. And she said every two weeks, and I said, yes, my chief. Um, so I've been going now for a year and a half almost, on and off, but um, lately it's been pretty on. I decided that for all of 2019, I'm going to do it. So I show up to therapy 
back in December of 2017. And I was surprised that my therapist started talking to me about codependency and boundaries. And I was like, but wait a second, lady, like, that's not what I'm here to deal with. You know, I'm here to talk about post-weaning depression. But actually, yes, it was. Like, it, it really always is, in a way, the need to talk about boundaries in relationships. And in, it's been so enlightening. So before I get into, you know, my experience with boundaries, let's cover what boundaries are. Personal boundaries are the physical, emotional, and mental limits that we establish to protect ourselves from being manipulated, used, or violated by others. So boundaries allow us to separate who we are and what we think and we feel from the thoughts and feelings of others. Like it's the separation, the limit between like, this is me and you are you. A boundary that I keep repeating that word or a limit is a guideline, kind of like a rule that a person creates. So a boundary that I set is kind of like a guideline that I make for my relationships. And they tell people around me reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for them, other people, to behave towards me. And they tell people also not just how to behave towards me, but how to expect me to respond, not only when they pass those boundaries, when they overpass them, and when they don't. I know this sounds kind of theoretical, so let's kind of like make, make this feel a little more concrete. And don't take this the wrong way. Like, please hear me out. But <laughs> before I even knew what a boundary was, I always felt like, you know, people are kind of like puppies. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible. And you train them in how to treat you. So, for example... If you let a friend talk to you in a disparaging, mean way, and there's no quote-unquote consequence for it, of course that friend is going to do it again. I never knew that that's what the word boundary was about. I didn't, hadn't heard the word boundary in that context, but that's basically the concept that I had been implementing in my life since I was little without even knowing it. There's a, you know, cause and effect. And I experienced this as a parent a ton. You know, disciplining a toddler is all about consistency. If you let your two-year-old throw the plate of food with no consequence, they're going to do it again and again and again, right? Um, now, in all transparency, when I say consequence, I don't mean like punishment. I connect before I correct with my kids, but everybody's different. But definitely a signal to the child that this is not something that I appreciate. But it doesn't just apply to puppies or kids or friends. It also applies in dating. People will try and get away with as much as you let them get away with. People of all ages and types. But the question is, how far will you let them go? And it's rough because we grow up programmed to please. You know, we, we are raised to please our parents. In school, we are taught not only to please our peers, but our teachers. We are taught to please then our future bosses. Even if you want to take it a step back, like college admissions boards and all this stuff, we're taught to please. And then it's really hard to then say, I'm going to change this chip, click, click. And no, now I'm going to do something to please myself and say, this is not okay. Most people 
don't implement boundaries in their relationships. And that's why relationships are so hard for people. And I don't just mean romantic relationships. I mean, all kinds. Interacting with another human is really difficult for a lot of people. I know a ton of friends who are like super agreeable, super sweet, never have a problem with anyone. But you know what? That's not the majority of people. I know that kind of person, but the majority of people have conflicts with a lot of people in their lives. And a lot of conflict can be prevented through strong boundaries. So a very popular blogger named Mark Manson describes it this way. A person with strong boundaries understands that it's unreasonable to expect two people to accommodate each other 100% and fulfill every need the other has. A person with strong boundaries understands that they may hurt someone's feelings sometimes, but ultimately they cannot determine how other people feel. A person with strong boundaries understands that a healthy relationship is not controlling one another's emotions, but rather each partner supporting each other in their growth and path to self-actualization. But you know that the majority of relationships are not like that. Now, I once heard that relationships should be like two trees that grow side by side, very, very tall. But instead, most relationships are like two trees growing intertwined and their limbs bring each other down and they stunt their own growth. The two trees parallel to each other, growing tall and strong, strong boundaries. Two trees intertwining, bringing each other down, stunting their growth, weak boundaries. But you know what the wonderful thing is, is that we all always have the right to change our minds. Now, just because we might have weak boundaries in a certain relationship in the past doesn't mean that we have to continue that pattern going forward. Now, boundaries are not the easiest thing to implement, but once you get the hang of it, it's kind of intoxicating. You start witnessing people treat you nicer, more respectably. You feel more empowered. And you're like, hey, wait a second. This relationship thing isn't that hard. People aren't that horrible. Maybe I just haven't been telling them that what they're doing is not okay. So let's talk about implementing boundaries. Sometimes it's kind of hard to identify when you need a boundary, like when it's missing. What I use as an indicator is, did I just walk away from an interaction feeling upset? I know I need a boundary of some sort. Am I feeling guilty about not pleasing someone else? I know I need a boundary. Did I just feel an interaction feeling kind of icky? I know I need a boundary. Do I feel I'm taken advantage of? Or like I'm trying to save someone? I need a boundary. In essence, like you really need to know how you feel in order to know when you need a limit or a boundary in place. So everybody struggles with boundaries in different ways. For me, for example, I struggle with not thinking for someone else. You know, I am not the other person. I'm not privy to their thoughts. So unless they communicate their emotions to me and their thoughts, I kind of have to force myself to have a blank slate because if I don't, my weakness is I'm always thinking. I know what they're thinking of me, but I don't. Other people might struggle with having the right to change their mind. A lot of people feel like once they make a decision, they're stuck there, but they're not. They always have the right to change their mind. And I think that's something that a lot of people can work on and make their lives better. Now, you might think 
that setting a personal boundary with someone that is upsetting you equals being mean to them, but not so. In Spanish, you would say, nada que ver, which the literal translation is nothing to see, which is weird. Literal translations are weird. But what they really mean is, you know, it's just not like that. First of all, setting a boundary, yes, does mean being nicer to yourself. It means teaching the other person a way to interact with you that you accept and encourage. So naturally, you will feel more at ease with the interactions in the future. But that doesn't mean that the other person will be hurt. It could be. Maybe most likely if they're hurt, it's the first time you set the boundary, the first few times you enforce the boundary and keep it in place. But that's just like ripping a Band-Aid off and setting you both up for more success in the future in your relationship. And I'll share a few examples from my own life. I have limits around my kids' sleep and my sleep. Like, those limits run deep. It's a recurring theme here on the Kin Podcast. Sleep is spiritual to me. You know, when we first had kids, my, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law would love to come visit, but he's a doctor, very successful doctor here in Nicaragua, and he works late. And so they'd stop by like at 8 p.m., where, you know, I'm in the newborn phase, sleep deprivation is hitting strong, and the baby wants to sleep too. So for the first while, I would allow them to come over, and I would feel upset about it because, you know, I wanted to go to sleep. And instead, I'm, you know, tending to visitors, and would you like something to drink, and blah, 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 blah. And I probably was not a happy person to deal with at those times. They could see it. I felt it. What did I need? A boundary. Hey, we would love to have you over. Come see the kids anytime you want. But after seven o'clock, things get kind of dicey over here. It's bedtime. We got to shower them and feed them. And then we're pretty tired. So we kind of hit the sack. That's a boundary. The first few times you implement a boundary, people might think you're weird. People might think uh, it's mean. In this case, my in-laws, no problem with them. But a lot of people might fight back when you set a boundary and then when you enforce it the first few times. In the end, though, you're being nicer to yourself. Not only am I a happier person when people come over when it's 3 p.m. or 5 p.m. versus 8 p.m., I'm more lovely to deal with. I am happier to see you. It's a pleasure to visit Marcela during daylight hours. (laughs) But also, I'm avoiding resentment and aggravation for myself. Another limit that I have around sleep is taking my kids out to lunch or any time during their nap time. So my eldest child is four and a half. He doesn't nap anymore. He's good to go anywhere you want him to go. I'm in. The younger child, who's two, he still naps. And his nap time is right around 12.30, right after lunch. So by 12.30, usually he's asleep, realistically. So when our in-laws or my parents invite us out to lunch as a family, usually on the weekends, let's say, my answer for Nicolás is no. He can't come because he needs to sleep. Where he needs to be, is in bed at that time. So he can't join us. Luckily, we have somebody who can stay home with him while we go out as a family for lunch and he's sleeping. He doesn't even miss us. He has no idea we're gone. And usually we're back before he even wakes up. Now, 
that doesn't mean that limits are rules. Following the same example, I mean, I made an exception to that lunchtime nap rule for my father-in-law's 75th birthday lunch. I mean, I made that sacrifice, and so did Nicolas, because he was kind of crabby, in order to celebrate with the family on such an important occasion. You know, that happens every once in a while because it's worth it to have the family together and to make an exception for this celebration. But in general, usually he stays home if it's lunch. Any other time, we're in. Another boundary that I can think of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I have implemented millions and millions of tiny little boundaries in my life, in my different relationships over the years. But one that is kind of top of mind right now is initiating contact or making plans with friends. First few times, I'm happy to reach out to you. Let's have a play date. Let's go to lunch. Would you like to go any which way, whatever? Together, let's get our kids together. Or if they don't have kids, just me and them. If I'm always the one initiating at the beginning, I'll do it for a little while. After that, I'm probably going to drop off because I might be happy to see you, but I kind of can't take on the entire workload of this friendship. Um, and I feel at peace doing that because I definitely know that the kind of friend that I want is somebody who initiates contact with me as well. And not everyone will do that. People have busy lives and that's okay, but that's just a boundary that makes me feel good. And again, these boundaries are not to create conflict. They're just to avoid them. You know, you can very calmly enforce a boundary without any drama, without having anxiety or angst about it. Your boundary is your boundary. And the other person can either choose to respect it, then wonderful. And if they don't, you have some options. Now, I'm going to get real personal right now. Let's do this. I'm going to tell you a very kind of long story. I'll try to summarize about a friend that did not respect my boundaries and then ended up putting up a boundary of her own. So this happened to me last year with a friend. We'd had a disagreement about something. You know, actually, I wouldn't even label it a disagreement because it was so chill. It was more like we didn't see eye to eye on something. And to me, the conversation was like any other conversation I'd have with anybody else. Just, you know, oh, you know, I kind of disagree on this or blah, blah, blah. No big deal. And I was trying to offer some helpful suggestions to help solve a problem. Uh, but this friend of mine just exploded. I mean, there wasn't any name calling or anything like that, but there was a tense and abrupt explosion that left me feeling like blamed when I was just trying to help. And I felt it was uncalled for, to be honest. So this wasn't the first time that it had happened with this friend. It had happened like maybe 10 years before as well, where my good intentions were met with an explosion. And at first, after that little conversation um, this time around, I felt icky. But over time, I felt more and more put off. Like this isn't the kind of interaction that I want to have in my life out of nowhere. You know, I wasn't doing a bad thing. I was just chilling and I got kind of like blindsided, right? And friendships are wonderful things. There's this beautiful quote by C.S. Lewis that I'll share. And he says, Friendships have no survival value. Rather, is one of those things which give value to survival. Friendships are a beautiful thing. You know, the few friendships that I have in my life that are unconditional and who accept me for who I am and love me for who I am and don't judge me, I am so grateful for them. 
But sometimes friendships, they're just not a right fit for us. And it's painful to let them go. But in this case, I made the choice to put some distance between me and this friend of mine after this explosion to kind of let things settle down in my heart to decide what to do next. Now, time got away from me a little bit and we didn't speak again for a few months. Now, usually this wouldn't happen, but the crisis in Nicaragua really took off over this period of time. And my attention and hers, I'm sure, was elsewhere. You know, as the chips fell, the boundary of some distance became kind of like the Pacific Ocean. It was months and we hadn't spoken. And in truth, I kind of felt okay about it. It, it felt kind of good. You know, I miss this friend sometimes and I would love to invite her to come over for a play date with her kids like we used to and whatever and, and chat and share what's going on in my life. But at the same time, I also can't pretend that I won't be putting myself in the position to receive another explosion. Explosions that honestly I felt were unwarranted. Now, I know that there are always two sides to a story, so I don't want you to think that I'm some innocent person. I'm just sharing my experience because I'm making decisions for me based on my experience. This isn't a judgment of who's right and who's wrong. This is a story of how Marcela set her boundaries based on my own experiences and my needs in a relationship, right? So over time, I came to realize that this friend really resented this boundary that I had put up. She interpreted it as absence or as rejection, and she was hurt by it. Now, I knew, though, that I couldn't rescue her from this hurt. You know, I couldn't put my needs aside to tend to hers. Trust me that I thought about it. But I couldn't go back to our friendship as if nothing had happened just to fix her pain. I even talked about it with my therapist. Um, I really had to, for my sake, maintain the boundary. And maybe we'll meet again in the future. Maybe not. But that's not for me to predict or say right now. You know, a few months later, I realized that she had deleted me from all social media accounts, like unfriended me or whatever. And being like, I'm not a millennial, but I kind of feel like one. My first instinct was to interpret that move on her part as kind of like a digital slap in the face. But the truth is that she put up her own boundary, and I have to respect that. Maybe she felt uncomfortable seeing my posts, either because she misses me or because she hates me. I have no clue. I can't pretend to know what happens in another human's mind and heart, but I do know that my job is to respect the boundary that she put up. So in truth, this is a story of a friendship where both parties put up boundaries, and both are better off as a result. Like it may sound sad, like the story of the unraveling of a friendship, but the truth is, I don't see it that way. There were a few attempts at clearing the air, at talking things out, and it turns out that we just don't see friendships the same way, and that's okay. I see it as a place for unconditional love and acceptance where arguments don't need to happen because like tender conversations take their place. I don't fight with my friends. We can disagree, but we can talk about it. So we don't have to agree with everyone. We can accept them for who they are, but we don't necessarily have to engage with them and be buddy buddies with them. On the other hand, we can also always help each other. But there's a lack of boundaries when you're trying to rescue someone and save them. And I do this a lot. I went to my therapist a couple weeks ago and I was like, I'm exhausted. She's like, why? What's going on? And I was like, life feels just so exhausting. You know, it's the mental load of the kids. What medicine do they have to take? Are they ready for school? It's 7.20, we need to hurry up, or you need to get out the door, or how much did you eat? Did I cut your nails? Did you shower? 
uh, the list goes on. Where's the homework? Where's the folder? You know, it's a lot to keep track of. We need to wash these shoes, this uniform, blah, blah, blah. Also being on top of their play dates, like, hey, are you getting enough social interaction with other boys your age and this and that, whatever. Um, you know, the medical aspect, Juan Jose, the four-year-old, just had an operation, a small little surgery outpatient of about a month ago, and that was a ton of work and keeping on top of paperwork and tending to him and all this stuff. So there's all of the stuff that's to do with kids, but then it's also taking care of myself, which is a lot, taking care of the house, grocery store, painting the rooms, the garden, the grass is dry, the this needs to be blah, 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 blah. Then it's taking care of my marriage. That's a lot of work. And honestly, at this point in life, it's probably what gets most overlooked. And that's a horrible thing to say in something that we're working on, kind of backtracking on and, and fixing. Um, it's just a lot of work to keep in, keep on top of. And my therapist says, well, you're trying to rescue everyone. You're trying to save them. And you can't. And that's why you're exhausted. And I was like... Why you gotta be so smart, lady? Like, geez, why you always have to have the answers? No, I'm just kidding. I'm super grateful for her, but she just surprises me every time with how clearly she sees things, you know, and that's part of why I go to therapy. AKA, I'm a big fan. If you've ever thought about it, I recommend it. <laughs> um, thing is that, you know, I tend to rescue people. I tend to want to help. But the truth is that you can't rescue people because you're kind of taking their own power away from them. And I'm starting to learn and put up boundaries in how I help others that they also have their power. So if I'm going to help, I'm going to empower you to solve your own problem. I'm working on it. Like I said, everybody deals with different things. Everybody struggles with boundaries in different ways. And this is currently my way. And that's okay. So I do feel a little lighter now that I'm not trying to solve everybody's problem for them. Honestly, I'm grateful for this new challenge in setting strong boundaries for myself and for others. It's made me feel much better. Like I said a couple times, everybody struggles with boundaries in different ways. And I encourage you today to think about what boundaries could you put in place? Which ones are you missing? What interactions are making you feel upset or taken advantage of? Icky. What interactions could you improve by setting a boundary? Sometimes it's just as simple as, I'm not going to pick up your dirty laundry off the floor. If you leave it there, that's where it's going to be when you get home. You're responsible for your clothes. I see what I did there, JJ. No, I'm kidding. Um, sometimes it's as simple as that. And I urge you today to just think about it. Think about it. I'm going to post this over on Instagram as well. And I hope you'll join me in the comments. So I'm Kin the Studio over on Instagram. And let's share what areas of our lives do we need boundaries in? What relationships could benefit from a few boundaries, even if they're small? And what are some examples of small boundaries that we could start putting in place? Sometimes you just need a few examples to get started. I'm going to leave you with that thought. So join me on Instagram. Thank you for listening to the 10th episode of The Kin Show. Now, as always, you can check out the show notes for this episode over at kinpodcast.com, and I'll have all the information I talked about here, including the quotes I mentioned and all this stuff.
including also the link to Mark Manson's blog post where he goes through boundaries in romantic relationships. And a very special thank you to my friend Mario Callejas for providing the music for this show. You can check him out on Spotify. Search Mario Callejas. And thank you for listening, for tuning in to listen to me ramble about boundaries today. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review this over on iTunes. Please take a moment and just hop on over there and leave a review. It would make my day, week, month, year, decade, please. It is so wonderful when I receive emails. Thank you to everyone who has emailed me and reached out to me to show your appreciation for the show. It honestly is so encouraging to me. I can't even begin to explain how much I appreciate that. And if you do so on iTunes, it'll help more people find and enjoy the show. So if you leave a review, more people will be able to find the show and that would be super helpful because you know my mission here is to if I can just help someone. If I can help someone in any way, that is, that's what it's all about. Stay tuned for the next episode of Kin next week. This is Marcela signing out.